Good morning, NFL fans, and welcome to another edition of Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. The NFL regular season is officially over. We've had all the games played, and uh, we finally have all 12 playoff teams um, officially uh, set up for the next month's uh, run to the Super Bowl in New Orleans, which will be uh, played in the beginning of February. Um, to go over the the first game we're going to go over today, uh, Dallas going into Washington, one of the biggest games of Week 17. Uh, the winner would take the NFC East crown. The Redskins prevailed in this one by a score of 28 to 18. Uh, the big story in this one is is probably Tony Romo and his three interceptions. But let's start with the Redskins. The big highlight here, two rookies for the Redskins led them to this playoff run, and, and many people might not remember or probably do know now if you've been watching NBC or ESPN, they've been stressing it a lot. This Redskin team was 3-6 and six, uh, going into their bye week, and many people thought that this team was done, they were packing it in, uh, the season was over. Um, me personally, I thought, man, maybe... Uh, this will be it for Mike Shanahan. Who knows um, if they have a bad end of the season. He could be gone knowing uh, the owner the Redskins have and Dan Snyder. But a heck of a run for the Redskins. Winning seven games in a row, the, their last seven games. Finished 10-6 and six and won the NFC East, getting the fourth seed in the NFC playoffs. And those two rookies that I that I mentioned, obviously Robert Griffin III, the quarterback, who's been so dynamic in their offense, completely changing the way they run their offense. That that's give credit to offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan, who's redefined his plays and and his uh, scheme to get the most out of Robert Griffin III. And that other rookie is Alfred Morris, uh, picked in the sixth round. Uh, Mike Shanahan is known to get running backs out of nowhere and turn them into a thousand yard rushers. Well, he did it again. Alfred Morris set a uh, Redskins franchise record with rushing yards in a season, over 1,500. He had 200 yards against the Cowboys on Sunday night, three touchdowns, 33 rushes in all. Great game from Morris, where if you look at Robert Griffin the third stats, he was only 9 of 18, 100 yards through the air, so this game was run, was won on the ground with Robert Griffin the third and Morris. Uh, combining for over 250 total yards and four rushing touchdowns, both of them together. And don't forget Kirk Cousins, the, uh, another rookie that the, the Redskins had to play in two games where Robert Griffin III were injured. He won both games uh, that he started, or he started one of them, came in late in relief to win a game as well when Robert Griffin III left with a, a knee injury. And the, both those wins... Uh, were part of the seven-game winning streak that put the Redskins into the playoffs. Not so happy in Dallas uh, for the Cowboys. Tony Romo, uh, it's kind of a reoccurring theme for him. Uh, the, he threw the ball a lot, um, I guess not as much as he has in other games. 37 uh, attempts, 218 yards, kind of a lighter day with yardage 
uh, for him. He, the Cowboys are known to throw it all over the yard uh, in, in a lot of games. He threw two touchdowns, but everyone's going to remember the three interceptions. Uh, he, the two picks came at the beginning of the game, uh, the first two drives for the Cowboys, and the last one came on a, a drive where the, uh, the, the Cowboys were down uh, by uh, three points, 21-18. Uh, to 18. They had just scored a touchdown. Uh, well, they had scored a touchdown, gone for two to make it a three-point game, 21-18. to 18 got the ball back, actually stopped the Redskins offense, but Tony Romo on a screen pass of all things lofted it up and it was intercepted by a Redskins defender. Uh, the third one was was really the cost, costly one. And and like I said, this is a reoccurring theme for Tony Romo. He's He's been pretty bad in big games. Uh, the, this offseason, you know the media is going to eat him up uh, with how poorly he played in this game, with the turnovers anyway. And, uh, like, I'm not going to just rip Tony Romo apart. He's a good NFL quarterback. Uh, He just doesn't get it done in big games. That's all you can really say about him. And that's his legacy right now. He's a good NFL quarterback. He can throw for 4,000 yards. Uh, He can get 25, 30 touchdowns. He can win you eight or nine games. But come week 16, 17, uh, or playoff time when you need a win, he's not the best guy to have under center. Uh, there's a lot of other uh, better quarterbacks that you would rather have than Tony Romo. Um, but I'm not saying he can't turn it around. There's the I, I still think that he there's a chance he could turn it around. I'm not a guy that's going to write him off and say he's never going to win anything. But at this point right now, that is his legacy, that he is a guy that chokes in big games. And the other issue I think Dallas is going to be looking at going into the offseason is Jason Garrett. Uh, there's a lot of rumors, it seems like, every season. The rumors started last year and will continue this year with the Cowboys missing the playoffs again. Will Jerry Jones retain Jason Garrett as head coach? I think they. I think he will, and I think he should. Uh, this team has a lot of potential. Uh, they had a lot of injuries this year. I think you have to take that into account. They had a lot of guys out on defense. They, they missed... Their best player on defense, I think, in Sean Lee for over half the season. They lost his backup. They lost a lot of other guys. you got to think Claiborne, Morris Claiborne on defense is going to get even better next year at cornerback. Uh, they have a lot of pieces that they can build around. Tony Romo, you hope, just gets better in big games. And if you can draft maybe an offensive lineman early on in the draft, you can improve that uh, position on your team. The Cowboys are certainly in a position to contend again next year, and I think Jason Carrot is the guy that you want uh, coaching the team. Moving on to, I think, was the next biggest game of the weekend, Green Bay going into Minnesota. Um, playoff implications for both teams. Uh, Minnesota, win with a win, they are in the playoffs, and Green Bay was fighting for a, a first-round bye. For the, they would have gotten the two-seed with a win, uh, in the Metrodome, but they came up three points short as Minnesota won 37-34 to on a last-second field goal. Uh, the story of this game, Adrian Peterson. Uh, he was going for the rushing record. He needed 207 yards to pass Eric Dickerson's mark back in 1984. They rushed Peterson 34 times. He was just a work workhorse in this game. Uh, you know, he. this is what great players do. 
Uh, great players take over when the game is on the line, the season's on the line. Peterson is a great player. He's one of the best players in the league. Um, and his team needed him to have a huge game, uh, and he delivered. 199 yards on the ground, a touchdown. Uh, he just was running so hard uh, to um, get this team into the playoffs. And I don't. Th- he wasn't chasing the record. Obviously, he wasn't. Uh, he came up nine yards short of the record. Uh, and what I liked so much about that was he, after the game, when the reporter asked him, uh, it's got to be... Disappo- how disappointed are you that you came up just short of the record? And he didn't even know that he was nine yards short. Uh, he had no idea. He was happy that he was able to lead his team to a victory and ultimately lead them to the playoffs. I thought that was a really cool moment for one of the best players in the league. Uh, and he, in this game and all year, he was just a guy that ran with a purpose. He ran um, he, like he had something to prove, like he had to prove to America that he is one of the best runners maybe ever and despite this knee injury and it's going to be quite interesting to see who wins uh, comeback player of the year uh, Peterson or Peyton Manning that that would be a really tough choice there and I think it's a great story to see the Minnesota Vikings back in the playoffs they had a a rough uh, go at it a few years ago obviously they were just a couple plays away from a Super Bowl appearance with Brett Favre in 2009 2010 was a disaster. Uh, the, not only was their team a disaster, their stadium was in shambles when they had the big snowstorm in Minnesota. And uh, you, you fired uh, Brad Childress, bring in uh, Leslie Frazier or promote Leslie Frazier from defensive coordinator. And he has turned out to be a really good head coach, just like everyone expected. Christian Ponder's coming into his own, and, and behind Adrian Peterson in a solid defense, this team is uh, you know, a, a good team and uh, should be for a few years to come now. Um, for the Green Bay side, they've got to be disappointed with this loss. Ultimately, it might not cost them very much, uh, but it's going to cost them a bye. It's going to cost them a week off, and it's going to cost them a home game in the second round of the playoffs. So they have, they still will get a home game for the wild card, but rather than having the week off and then a home game in the division round, they will, no matter what, if they win... Next week, they have to go on the road the following week. And uh, that's it's been done. Actually, the Green Bay Packers did it two years ago, went on the road and, and win playoff games. But historically, it's it's tougher to win on the road than at home, especially when you have a great home field advantage like Green Bay has. They, they, they will not be able to use uh, in the later rounds of the playoffs. And I just to point out a couple... Green Bay Packer mistakes from the game, wasted timeouts in the first half, kind of out of sync on offense, which you don't really see much with Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, Uh, but they ran out of timeouts and weren't able to challenge a questionable call um, that the Vikings had on a drive, and it was, they couldn't challenge it because they didn't have any timeouts, so the Vikings got a break and got the call, and that led to a touchdown drive, and later on in the second half, uh, Mike McCarthy threw the challenge flag at the wrong time, almost repeating what Jim Schwartz did on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, He threw a challenge flag on a play that's already supposed to be reviewed, so that was another mental mistake that almost uh, led to disaster. Uh, These these are things that Green Bay has got to clean up if they're going to make a Super Bowl run. 
And uh, because of this loss by Green Bay and the win from Minnesota, the, we will see a rematch of these two teams. But in Green Bay next week, Minnesota will go into Lambeau Field. That should be a really interesting one. We have a bunch of interesting, well, I guess four interesting matchups um, next week for Wildcard Weekend. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with more news from Week 17. The snow is snowing and the wind it is blowing but i can weather the storm what do i care how much it may storm i've got my love to keep welcome back to football nation's monday morning huddle i'm your host dave holcomb uh for our second segment on our show today i'm going to uh reference uh, two two different articles on our website, footballnation.com. The first one, uh, written by Michael Quinn, the top 10 stories of the, N- of the NFL 2012 season. Um, I'm not going to go through all 10 stories because uh, I want everybody uh, to go check out the article, but um, this kind of uh, sprung an idea of mine to come up with my top uh, four stories from the NFL. Um, I wanted to do three, but I couldn't really narrow it down, so I'm going to go with four. My number one, uh, these are in no particular order. The rookie quarterbacks and the young quarterbacks really around the league uh, this year that were so impressive. Obviously, the, the three rookies that are in the postseason um, and Robert Griffin III, Andrew Luck, and Russell Wilson. It's going to be really tough to pick which one gets rookie of the year. And you know what? You should really mention Alfred Morris in the within um that rookie of the year candidate candidacy i think he has a great um chance of winning it as well with over 1500 yards rushing but um those three guys and look at the other young uh quarterbacks that have been successful andy dalton this second year cincinnati back in the playoffs again um christian ponder going to his first um playoffs as a, a young quarterback Colin Kaepernick took over for another somewhat young quarterback, more of a veteran presence in Alex Smith, but still a younger, uh, more on the younger side. But um, Colin Kaepernick, in his second year, has only started five or six games, so he arguably is the least experienced quarterback going into the the playoffs, and and he's in San in San Francisco. Matt Ryan all of a sudden looks like a really um, long uh, or old veteran of the the guys in the the postseason at quarterback, um, but th- those those guys have done a great job, and even like a Ryan Tannehill, um, a uh, Brandon Whedon, those guys also didn't play that poorly this year. They've really impressed. So the rookie quarterbacks are definitely one of the top stories of 2012. My number two story, um, Peyton Manning, uh, is going to be a contender with Adrian Peterson, like I said before, for Comeback Player of the Year. Manning's stats, 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 4,659 passing yards. He has completely turned around that Broncos franchise. Uh, there was they, they made the playoffs last year with Tim Tebow and a great running game and uh, 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 stout defense. And they were able to keep all those things but insert a better passing quarterback. And it has paid dividends with going 13-3 and versus 8-8 eight and of last year. They won the AFC West again handedly and um, have 
kind of snuck in and stole that number one seed in the AFC as Houston lost three of their last four games. So uh, Denver winning their last 11 games, Peyton Manning getting better every single week. Something that I thought he would do and improve as the season went along, but I just didn't think he would get this good. And uh, I did not think Denver would be able to win the AFC West again, but uh, behind Peyton Manning's efforts, they won it with ease. Uh, my third story, I'm combining, um, once again, Adrian Peterson, who's uh, up there for Comeback Player of the Year with Peyton Manning. His 2,000-yard effort this year that we already talked about, his him running with a purpose, I think that's a huge story with him coming back from an ACL injury. Nobody does that. Um, it's almost not humanly possible to come back from an ACL injury in that short period of time and be by far the best running back in the league. It was That's an incredible story. And I'm going to combine that with Megatron's uh, record-breaking season of 1,964 receiving yards. Didn't get the 2,000. I think that would have been really cool to see the first uh, wide receiver get 2,000 receiving yards in a season. That would have been awesome. But uh, still record-breaking. Broke Jerry Rice's record on national television uh, just a week ago. That was a really cool story. The number one story, actually Michael Quinn's number one story, I'm uh, giving it away, but um, Chuck Pagano and his ability to inspire the Indianapolis Colts this season. He's um, undergoing treatment, but he's uh, going to beat, he beat his cancer and he coached week 17 with uh, the Colts and uh, they, they, he led them to victory. It was an emotional win for them, like almost all of their wins this season. And um, they're a team that I think could make a run in the playoffs if they just keep playing with this type of heart. Uh, it's tough to really tell how good they are. I know Andrew Luck is playing great, and they have good pieces around him, a mix of young guys and a veteran presence on both offense and defense. But um, the way that they just go out there and try to win for their head coach is really unprecedented in, in this league. And it's a, that has got to be the top story of 2012. And the second thing I want to go over in uh, this second segment, I'm going to reference another article on the website by Joshua McFalls, the NFL's five worst coaches of 2012. That's quite a statement there, worst coach of 2012 and he has some coaches that have gone very deep into the playoffs in years past but um, I'm not going to give away his list but I'm going to go into um, three I'm going to name three coaches that I think are going to get fired uh, that those three guys for me Rex Ryan, Norv Turner and Chan Gailey those three guys I'm, I'm sorry if I make this clear those three guys I think should be fired uh, Rex Ryan with the Jets kind of obvious I've Talked about it a lot on this show. If you're a regular listener, I, I think he's done in New York. North Turner, if you followed my work on footballnation.com, I thought he should have been fired last year. Actually, personally, I thought he should have been fired two or three years ago, even after years when the Chargers made the playoffs. Um, the the fact that they um, fired Marty Schottenheimer after the, he lost a playoff game and went 14-2, and two, why they didn't fire North Turner after a playoff loss or after the disastrous 2010 season where they you know, had the number one offense and number one defense but didn't have a winning record. Last year, huge disappointment. This year, it got worse. I, I, I can't believe North Turner has had his job as long as he did. And Chan Gailey, I, just, I thought the Bills would be a 
playoff contender this year. They really weren't. They don't seem to have the pieces around Ryan Fitzpatrick to really um, make any noise in the in the AFC East. I thought they would, but it's pretty clear now that they didn't. I think at the very least they should let go of their defensive coordinator, Dave Wanstatt. Um, the defense uh, played pretty poorly as the season went along, and uh, I think there's a pretty good chance Changeli's been there three years. He's seen some steady improvement, but I don't think there's been enough. I think he should be fired as well. Four guys that I don't think should be fired, but I think they are going to end up being fired, um, starting with Lovey Smith. I think he's been a coach that has had quite a bit of success in recent years. He hasn't. The Bears have fallen short, but he's a coach that's been to the Super Bowl. Every year, the Bears have a top-rated defense. They, the window's closing for them with that aging defense. Um, Jay Cutler is, you know, getting up there in age a little bit. Not really, but um, the window, I, I do think the window is closing for the Bears. And I think Lovey Smith is, if you fire him, you're kind of starting over. I, I don't think the Bears should do that yet. I think they should give him one more year see where it goes. Although blowing a 7-1 and one start to the season and not making the playoffs is a huge disappointment. I can see why some people might want him uh, out of there. Andy Reid. This is a tough one for me, but I think he should stay. I think um, Michael Vick should go. I think uh, if they have Nick Foles start at the beginning of next year, he's shown some promise. That's another rookie quarterback I didn't even mention um, in my rookie quarterback's uh, story, the top story of the of the year. Uh, I think he's he's going to be a good quarterback, and uh, if I I do think Andy Reid is a, is another guy like Lovey Smith. He has been to the playoffs several times. He's been to the Super Bowl just once. I mean, he's notorious for falling short. But Andy Reid kind of reminds me of uh, a Bill Cowher. Uh, it, he's been there for a long time. He's had a lot of regular season success, been to the playoffs, been to a Super Bowl and lost. Um, I don't think because there's been a couple bad seasons, you should just write him off. I think he can transition with another quarterback, um, got uh, a nice young running back. You still have uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, next year coming back. I, I, I think he's probably going to be fired, and it's hard for me to disagree with how poorly the Eagles played this year. But to me, I think I would give him one more season. Two other guys that I think are probably going to be fired but shouldn't be, Ken Wisenhunt and Pat Shermer. Wisenhunt. Another guy, been to the Super Bowl but lost. Um, how can you win uh, out in Arizona with the quarterback situation? Obviously, I guess you could place some of the blame on him for not bringing in the right quarterback, but hey, you had injuries to Kevin Cobb and John Skelton, and you were reserved to your third-string quarterback. You started 4-0 with Kevin Cobb before he got hurt, so there was quite a bit of promise with him playing. He can come back next year. Wisenhunt uh, was a great offense coordinator in Pittsburgh. He ha had a great offense with Kurt Warner. If he can just find the right quarterback, I think he can have a great passing or uh, dynamic offense, especially with Larry Fitzgerald out there in Arizona. And Pat Shermer, I just think he's probably going to be fired because there's a new owner in uh, Cleveland, and I think he's going to want to hire his own coach. You know, this... Pat Shermer is left over from the previous owner. You see this all the time that they bring in uh, their new owners, new GMs bring in 
their own head coach that they want. Um, but I think that would be wrong to do in this situation. The, uh, the Browns are the youngest team in the NFL. Uh, they showed some promise this season. Uh, they played really hard. They lost a lot of close games. They lost close games to Baltimore twice. Uh, they almost beat Dallas. Uh, there's quite a few games that they almost almost won. I know almost doesn't really count in the NFL, but to me, uh, head coaches that should be fired are teams that or are coaches that have lost their team, like a Rex Ryan. I think Rex Ryan has lost his team. Pat Shermer hasn't lost his team. His players are still playing for him, and with improvement in the offseason and a couple more draft picks, I think the Browns could actually be a contender in a pretty other, otherwise pretty crowded division in the AFC North. So I, I would leave Shermer there for one more season. Three guys that I think are, are considered on the chopping block, but I don't think I'm predicting are not going to be fired. Jason Garrett, like I said, I think he's going to stay. Ron Rivera saw some improvement in Carolina, believe it or not. I, I didn't know this until I looked at the final standings. They finished 7-9, and nine, and they won a tough game on the road in New Orleans to finish the season. So they, uh, I think, have shown some promise. Cam Newton had a bad beginning of the season, and you know they were kind of written off, but... A seven and nine finish improvement from last year. Last year they finished six and ten, so a steady improvement. Ramavera should stay. And Greg Schiano. I don't know why um, some people are talking about firing him. There was a kind of an altercation uh, with a head coach and a player a few years ago, a few few weeks ago, um, in a, during a during a game. But I, I don't really see uh, Schiano leaving or, or him getting fired from Tampa Bay. Uh, that's another team that's pretty young. Josh Freeman at quarterback. Uh, the rookie Doug Martin uh, ran very well. Kind of was hit or miss, actually. He either had a really good game or, or kind of non-existent. But Freeman was better this year than last year uh, with uh, the addition of Vincent Jackson. Also have Mike Williams, uh, another young wide receiver. Um, I think Greg Schiano brings toughness to that franchise, and he should stay as well. We're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to come back with my predictions for Wild Card Weekend next week. I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go but away. baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping at you dropping so I'll hold your hands, they're just like my ice. My will start to Beautiful, what's your and we're back here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. Just a reminder, you can reach me on Twitter, my handle, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B. You can email me, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B-06 at gmail.com. And also, you can find more great news from footballnation.com on Facebook. Search Dave's Football News. We're going to go into uh, the matchups for next weekend, uh, Wild Card Weekend, to start off the playoffs. There's four games, four Really intriguing matchups, if you ask me. All four of them um, are really must-watches. Um, starting in the NFC, uh, the the top game I think over there. Although I mean, both all all these games are great. Um, Seattle going into Washington. So right away, talk about the rookie quarterbacks. Two rookie quarterbacks going at it. Uh, Russell Wilson playing Robert Griffin the third. I'm taking Seattle in this game. Uh, both teams are on a hot streak. I think Seattle's hot streak is going to continue. It's hard to argue uh, that there's a team hotter than the Redskins, at least in the NFC, though Denver's won 11 in a row, the Redskins 7 in a row. 
Um, but I think Wilson gets it done. He plays well enough. Uh, I think he is going to outplay Robert Griffin III. And uh, Seattle, to me, their defense is going to be too physical for the Redskins' offense. The Redskins love to run the ball, obviously, with Alfred Morris and Robert Griffin III. And uh, Seattle, I think, is just going to be hitting too hard and going to be too physical and going to force Robert Griffin III to have to throw, which Robert Griffin III can certainly throw. He's a good passing quarterback, but um, I, I think Seattle is going to be just a little bit too much. Even on the road, I think the Seahawks are going to take that game. Uh, the other game in the NFC, the rematch we mentioned before, Minnesota going into Green Bay. I'm taking Green Bay in this one. Uh, they win the rematch. Quite simply, I just think Aaron Rodgers is is ready to make another deep playoff run. Uh, Green Bay is obviously at home. That um, favors them, I would say. Um, Adrian Peterson is going to have to carry this team. I think this team's going to go as far as he can take them. But I just don't really see Christian Ponder playing well enough in this game to win on the road in the playoffs against the team that just won the Super Bowl uh, two years ago. And Aaron Rodgers, the league MVP last year, I think he comes out and shines during these playoffs. And I think Green Bay is going to go deep. Actually, I'm a little uh, sneak preview. I I think Green Bay is going to win it all. Uh, Into the AFC, two, again, uh, great matchups. Indianapolis going into Baltimore uh, this for uh, those of you who don't know, the Colts used to be in Baltimore. Um, and uh, so that produces a great uh, kind of rivalry game, or at least you know for the fans, everybody in Baltimore remembers the that they used to root for the Colts. So they will certainly be hyped up for this game. But I'm taking Indianapolis on the road. I think um, Andrew Luck is going to play well. I think it's his time to shine. And I think behind Chuck Pagano, Indianapolis is going to keep playing with this passion they've played with all year. And Baltimore, it's really hard to get a read on them. Um, they played very well uh, last week against the Giants in a, in a pretty much must-win for them to win the division. Um, they they smashed the Giants. They lost Sunday to the Bengals, but they didn't play any of their starters, so it's not really uh, much of an indication of how they're playing. But um, And, and uh, Baltimore has won a playoff game every single year under um, Joe Flacco and Jaron Harbaugh. This is the fifth year in a row that they've been into the playoffs, and uh, they're going for five years in a row of at least one playoff win. I think that streak is going to be snapped. I have Indianapolis beating them uh, in Baltimore. And the last game of the weekend is a rematch of last year's wild card game, uh, Cincinnati going into Houston one more time. Uh, last year was Houston's first uh, playoff game as a franchise. I had Houston going to the Super Bowl preseason, and um, if people remember, my some of my picks are quite bad. Uh, for instance, I picked Kansas City to win the AFC West. That didn't turn out too good, but I did pick Houston and Green Bay to be in the Super Bowl, so I'm really tempted to stick with my initial prediction uh, back in July and say Houston is going to face Green Bay. But the way Houston's been playing the last four weeks, I don't see that happening. Um, I think they're going to go down against Cincinnati. And I think another young quarterback, Andy Dalton, is ready to shine. I think it's his time. Uh, It's going to be tough on the road uh, against a defense that's been pretty good this year. 
Uh, J.J. Watt, obviously uh, a defensive player of the year candidate. But I think Andy Dalton has, to me, I think the big moment of his career, I, I, I always look for these kind of moments in young quarterback's career. It, last week when he beat Pittsburgh, we talked about it on last week's show, how it could be a changing of the guard. But at least for Andy Dalton, um, it was a big win for him because it was the first time he beat Pittsburgh. He was on the road. Uh, kind of, even though I'm not saying like he couldn't beat Pittsburgh before that, but he kind of got rid of maybe some of some demons. Um, or it's just it was just a big win in a young quarterback's uh, career, and I think he's he's poised to get his first playoff win um, against Houston, a struggling team the last couple of weeks. So my predictions going to the division round, that would mean Cincinnati would be going into Denver, Indianapolis would play New England, great matchup there, Cincinnati-Denver is a rematch from earlier this this year, actually Indianapolis and New England is also a rematch from earlier this season, and in the NFC, Seattle would go into Atlanta, and Green Bay would play San Francisco, that's a rematch from week one, San Francisco went into Lambeau and beat them up pretty good. I'm not going to predict any more playoffs or go deeper into the playoff rounds yet. I will in later weeks, um, but preview um, an article that I plan to write later later this week. I will um, predict every single game of the playoffs, re recap what I just mentioned for the AFC wildcard, then go into my matchups that I just said for the division round, then the championship game, and then ultimately pick a Super Bowl winner, so I'm not going to reveal any more predictions, but uh, stay tuned to my work this week uh, to see my predictions, and then you can make fun of me later when they're wrong. That's all for the third segment. We're going to take another quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap up today's show. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight, walking with a one land, gone away is a bluebird, yet a stay is a new bird. And we're back on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. Once again, you can tweet at me, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B. Email me, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B-06 at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook. Dave's football news. I just want to give one shout out to Roger Goodell. We, um, us fans and me on the show, uh, rip him a lot. I, I don't think he's a very good commissioner. I will come out and say it uh, plain and simple. But I do want to give him a compliment this week. I think uh, a few years ago, whenever it was, I'm not sure, maybe if I'm my memory serves me right, three or four years ago when he decided to switch the last... Uh, week of the season to all division games. I thought I think that's a really good idea, and um, that's one of Roger Goodell's better ideas to have all division matchups. The last week, it creates a lot of um, cool matchups for the last week, and um, even if it's a meaningless game, uh, for instance, um, looking at the schedule, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. You know, that, that game served no purpose for either team making the playoffs. Uh, same with Buffalo and the Jets, uh, Carolina and the Saints, um, the Panthers and the Saints. Um, 
uh, Jaguars and Titans. Some of these games, you know, to the the common NFL fan, you might be like, oh, yeah. Jaguars Saints, or I mean, excuse me, Jaguars Titans, uh, Panthers Saints. So what a bad matchup! But you know, I think uh, a real purist of the game um, would would say, you know, I might, I, I want to watch this game. I want to watch the Browns and Steelers. It's a, it's a good rivalry, even though uh, neither team's playing for anything. They want to beat each other because they don't like each other. Same, same with the Jets Bills and Panthers Saints. It, it's across the board, and uh, the excitement uh, for a game that does matter. For instance, uh, a Green Bay-Minnesota uh, matchup or the, the Redskins and Cowboys. It produced, uh, it's, it has produced a lot of cool matchups the last week of the season for the, the last uh, couple of years, and it did again on Sunday. So I, I do want to um, compliment Roger Goodell on that decision. I think that was a cool idea. That's all we have for today's show. In the meantime, I'm going to go try and find some peace in my mind.